On March 6, 1836, there was a battle for the independence of Texas. 182 men fought to their death in that mission that we know of as the Alamo. They were outnumbered by a Mexican army of 1,500 soldiers. That really didn't matter to those men who were stationed there. They pretty much knew their fate before things even started. Legend holds that with the possibility of additional help fading, Colonel William B. Travis drew a line on the ground and asked any man willing to stay and fight to step across that line. We're told that all did except for one. And as the defenders saw it, the Alamo was the key to the defense of Texas, and they were ready to give their lives instead of surrender their position. Among those that were killed that day, Jim Bowie, Davy Crockett, you know, all of the men fought like champions, killing over 600 of General Santa Ana's soldiers before they themselves were run over by this enlarged Mexican army. And those men's willingness to stand and fight to the death became an inspiration all across the land And the words, remember the Alamo, became the battle cry for Sam Houston's army, which would later defeat General Santa Ana and win the independence of Texas. Remember. Remember. That's the word I want to focus on this morning. Remember what your God has done for you. Throughout Scripture, this has been an admonition or a a warning given to God's people that, that if they would remember the past of what God has done for them, it would help them in the present and in the future. The problem, though, far too often is that God's people have forgotten what God has done for them. They have had a terrible case of spiritual amnesia. They have failed to remember his goodness to them. In today's text from Mark chapter 8, Jesus is going to tell his disciples to remember what has been done for them. But before I get to that, I want to take a a journey back through Scripture and show you a number of times that God told his people to remember, but we'll find that the end result was they forgot. Would you look with me at Exodus chapter 13, verse 3? Now, let me see your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you. I really encourage you to follow along with me today. We're going to have a good old-fashioned sword drill today. We're going to go through Scripture. We're going to read Scripture. I want you to follow along with me. If you don't have your Bible, you'll see it on the screen. But if you have your Bible, please follow along with me and see what God's Word has to say. Exodus chapter 13, verse 3. Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out from Egypt, from the house of slavery. For by a powerful hand the Lord brought you out of this place, and nothing leavened shall be eaten. How could they ever forget what God has done for them? They have been in slavery for 430 years in the land of Egypt under the ruthless hand of Pharaoh. But God has delivered them from all of that. There were ten plagues 
One by one, the will of Pharaoh was worn down by these plagues, concluding with that last and terrible plague of of the firstborn of, of all of Egypt being killed, including Pharaoh's own son. Surely the people of God would never forget this. And then by, by the time all of this happened, the, the Egyptians were begging for them to leave. And they were demanding to Pharaoh to, that he would send them out. And the people of God did leave. But they left with their hands full. They asked for gold and silver from their Egyptian neighbors. And their, the, the Egyptians' attitude was, here, here, give it, I'll give it all to you. Just take it and get out of here. And the Hebrew people literally plundered the land of Egypt and they went out from that land in joyous celebration. And they went from there to the Red Sea. And for some crazy reason, Pharaoh changed his mind. He he forgot all that had happened against him there in Egypt. All he could think about was he had lost his slaves. And so he sent his army after them. And they caught up with the people of God there at the Red Sea. You, you, you remember the story, surely, as the waters were divided and the people of God went through on dry ground. And they stood there then on the banks of the river watching as the Egyptian soldiers chased after them. And as they were in the midst of the bed of the river or of the Red Sea, the water came crashing in upon them. And the entire army was lost. It was a glorious victory for God and His people. Moses had said to them, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. And that is exactly what happened. They didn't even raise a sword. And they were victorious in battle because of what God had done for them there at that Red Sea. And over and over again, God would continue to care for His people. He would give them water to drink from the rock. They cried out for bread in the wilderness to eat, and God gave them manna from heaven. They cried out for meat, and God gave them quail to eat. And he would continue to deliver them from their enemies. In Exodus chapter 17, the Amalekites came against them. And maybe you would remember this story. Moses stationed himself on the top of the mountain. And along with him was his brother Aaron and Hur. And the the Israelite people were fighting in the valley below. And when Moses would take his staff and raise it up above his head, the Israelite people would win in the battle. But his arms grew tired and he let his arms down and the staff down and the people of, of the Amalekites would begin to win the battle. And so Hur and Aaron had an idea. They set Moses upon a rock and and then they helped him hold his hands up and the staff of God in the air for such a long time. Exodus 17, 12, and 13 says, Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. It was an amazing victory. And surely, surely they wouldn't forget. Surely they would tell this story over and over again to their children. And I will tell you that the people of Israel were told repeatedly 
to remember the goodness of God. In fact, this is a theme throughout the entire book of Deuteronomy. Do not forget. Remember what God has done for you. Let's look at the book of Deuteronomy, and I'll read to you from several different sections of Scripture, and you see the similarity of this message. It was just driven into their mind and into their heart. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 9. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. Look down at verse 23. So watch yourselves that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God which he made with you and make for yourselves a graven image in the form of anything against which the Lord God has commanded you. Look at chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, verse 12. And then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Look at verses 20 and 21. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What do the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments mean which the Lord our God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves in the, to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. In other words, remember the story and pass the story on to the next generation. Look at chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, beginning with verse 11. Beware that you do not forget. Is this sounding like a repetitive thing? It should, because it is. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His ordinances and His statutes which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness he fed you manna which your fathers did not know. You can't say they weren't warned. They were told to remember all that God had done for them, but I will tell you this, they did not remember. Look with me at Psalms 78. Psalm 78, verses 40 through 43. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Again and again they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the adversary, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the field of Zoan. What a sad commentary 
on the people of Israel. They did not remember. Look with me at Psalms 106, verse 13, and then we'll skip down to verse 21. Psalms 106, verse 13, says, They quickly forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Verse 21, they forgot God their Savior who had done great things in Egypt. Yeah, that verse 21 may be one of the the saddest verses in the entire Bible. They forgot God their Savior who had done such great things for them in Egypt. I wonder, why were they so prone to forget? Why couldn't they remember all the good things that God had done for them? You know, just these few minutes that I've been preaching, I've mentioned to you a few good things that He had done for them, as from Egypt to the Red Sea and on to the promised land, just a few things. That's just, just a few things amongst a whole lot of good things that he had done for them. Countless things that he had done for them. And they were still forgetting what, what he had done for them. Look with me at Hosea chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. I want to tell you one reason anyway why they were forgetting what God had done for them. Hosea chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. Yet I have been the Lord your God since the land of Egypt, and you were not to know any God except me, for there is no Savior besides me. I cared for you in the wilderness, in the land of drought, and as they had their pasture, they became satisfied, and being satisfied, their heart became proud, therefore they forgot me. When life gets comfortable, and our bellies get full, and our pastures are green, and our pockets are padded, if we are not careful, it's easy for us to take our eyes off of God and we can forget His goodness to us. I'm wondering, does that sound like a commentary to you on our own country? The more prosperous we have become, the more comfortable we are in our lifestyles, the more prone we are to forget God. And that happens in the church, not just with people of the world. It happens with you and I. We in the church can get so wrapped up in the way of the world and we can become so comfortable in our luxurious lifestyle that if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves taking our eyes off of Jesus. We will forget God. That was the very issue with the church at Laodicea in Revelation. Chapter 3, verse 17 of Revelation. Jesus said these words. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see, this church in Revelation, Laodicea. They were so enamored with the world that they became blinded to Jesus, the very one who had saved them. So what I want to encourage you today 
in your life is to guard against this kind of mistake happening. Keep your eyes on Jesus and remember what great things he has done for you. Don't be one who forgets. Don't be one who who is suffering from spiritual amnesia and you can't remember what God has done for you and how he has blessed you. That brings me to the text for today from Mark chapter 8. Read with me, would you, from that particular gospel, Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 21. And they had forgotten to take bread. This is the disciples that's being spoken about here. They had, deci- they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up, they said to him, 12. When I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And he was saying to them, do you not understand? You can almost sense Jesus' frustration with his disciples, saying in his own mind, when are you ever going to learn? When are you ever going to learn? I mean, think about this. They, the disciples are worried about bread and whether they're going to have enough bread to eat. I mean, they only have one loaf of bread with them. And here they are, they're counting heads in the boat. There's 13 of them. And one loaf of bread. What are we going to have to eat today? And Jesus is just shaking his head. And and maybe even got his hand on his head like this. And he's saying, don't you remember? Do you not remember how many baskets full of food? That you picked up after I fed the 5,000 with just a few small loaves of bread and a few fish. Oh, yeah. Twelve. And do you not remember how many large baskets of food that you picked up after I fed the 4,000? With just a few loaves of bread and fish? Oh, yeah. Seven large baskets full. You see, we didn't even cover that story in my preaching because it was so similar to the, preach, to the feeding of the 5,000. But Jesus didn't do that miracle just once. He did it twice. He had a repeat performance. Another time there were 4,000. You can read about it in the early verses of Mark chapter 8. 4,000. 
And they're hungry. And it says he had compassion on the people. Does that sound familiar to the earlier miracle? And he says, you give them something to eat. He says that to the disciples. Do you remember the disciples' response? Well, how are we going to feed this many people? We just have a few loaves and fish. Duh. Do you not remember when I fed the 5,000? I mean, you would almost expect for at least one of the disciples to to have a a memory, uh, uh, to remember, oh yeah, Jesus, I think think you can feed this crowd of 4,000 because you've done it before. But not one of them remembered what happened just a few weeks earlier. And here they are again in the boat, concerned that they're not going to have lunch because there's 13 of them and there's just one little loaf of bread. Amazing. Their memory was about as long as my little finger. (laughs) How quickly they forgot what Jesus had done for them. And he chides them. He gets after them. He quotes a verse from Jeremiah and Ezekiel. It's the fulfillment of that verse right there in their presence. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? I mean, I'm kicking myself in the backside this morning too. Could I encourage all of us to open our eyes and to see the grace of God in our lives and if necessary, write those blessings down in our journal so that we do not forget what He has done for us? Open your eyes as to how God has provided for you. I mean, how many times do you and I find ourselves in a situation where we are worrying about provision? Where's the money going to come from to pay this bill? How am I going to do this? Be mindful of what He has done for you in the past. And let that be a lesson for you for the present and for the future. God doesn't change. He's the same today as He was yesterday. He's, he'll be the same tomorrow. Just as He has provided for you in the past, so He will provide for you in the present and He will provide for you in the future. Remember what He's done for you. Write it on the tablet of your heart. Write it on your mind. Write it in your journal. Put it on your wall. I have a $5 bill, and I've told you this before. I have a $5 bill on my office wall. And I see that quite often. I look up at it, and I'm reminded by that $5 bill that God provided for me way back in 1979. I was a student in college. 
I had promised to give God $5 every week in the offering plate. This, this particular week, I didn't have $5 to give. And I was praying, God, God, would you provide me $5? I want to keep my promise to you. And God miraculously provided that $5 for me. It went in the offering plate. But now there's a $5 bill on my wall that reminds me that God provided for me then. He will provide for me now. And he will provide for me in the future. I don't want to forget that life lesson that he taught me back in 1979. Open your eyes, my brothers and sisters, to see the grace of God in your lives. Open your ears. Raise your level of sensitivity to take in all of His goodness to you and His provision and His blessings and mark those points of provision down in your mind. Mark it on paper, whatever it takes to help you to remember because these are evidences These are evidences of his goodness to you. And you cannot forget it. You will need to know these things for future reference. Because there will be times you will be tested. There will be times you will be tempted to worry. And you need to know, just as he has been faithful to me in the past, he will be faithful to me in the future. I mentioned to you that we had gone to see Rebecca on the 4th of July in Keokuk, Iowa. That's where she was for the summer. Keokuk sits right on the Mississippi River. And so we had a day, the holiday, to just spend with her. And and so we got in the car and we drove north of Keokuk on the Illinois side. And there's just a river road that follows right along the banks of the Mississippi River. Nice little drive. And uh, there, was, there was a point there on that drive, not too far north of Keokuk, that there was a, a, one of those brown signs, a, a pull-off on the road and a brown historical marker sign. And So we stopped in there and we read what was on the sign. And it was talking about the Mississippi River, just giving you some facts about the river. And at that particular point of the river, It was two miles wide, which is absolutely amazing to me. It makes our little marmoton look like a a brook. Two miles wide at that point. But it's not deep all the way across that two miles. In fact, you could, according to the sign, I asked Cindy to give it a try, but she didn't want to. You could get out there and walk, you know, quite a ways into the river just waist deep. Of course, the current would take you. But there's a channel. There's a channel that goes there with the river. And the barges stay within the channel. Do you know how they know where the channel is? Got buoys. Buoys marking the channel. And, and the, the captains of the tugboats that are driving those barges down the river, they're watching those buoys and they're making sure that they're staying within the buoys on both sides 
That way they're in the channel and they're not running their, their barge aground. And I was thinking this last week. That $5 bill on my wall is a buoy in my life. It's helping me remember the faithfulness of God. It's keeping me in the channels of trusting Him and knowing that He will provide for me. As long as I stay in the channel of trusting Him, that's good. I don't want to get outside the buoy because over here on the other side is another buoy of how God took care of us when we had some major hospital bills, when Jonathan was, was having his health issues as a baby. And there was, then there's another buoy over here, the adoption cost. And then, then there's over here a major car repair that God provided for us. And that's a buoy in our life. And then every May and every December, there's a buoy there of, of tax dollars for our personal property that always God's providing for us to pay the bills. And there's college education. And there's, and there's just on and on and on the different buoys of our life through the course of our life that God has always provided for us. And if we keep our life in the channel on the inside of those buoys. You see what I'm saying? Every one of you, if you think, if you're alert, if your eyes are open and if your ears are open and your sensitivity is raised, you have buoys in your life of God's faithfulness to you, of how He has provided for you. And so, what you ought to do is make sure you're aware of those buoys. Think about it. That'd be a good exercise for you this week. Write it down. Through your lifetime, the different points of how God has provided for you and establish some buoys in your life that will help you stay within the channel of trusting Him. Because what's going to happen if we forget these points of God's provision? The buoys will disappear and we will have no idea where the channel of trusting Him is and we're liable to just run aground and then we're in trouble. You see from Jesus, do you sense what He's saying to His disciples? He says, do you, do you not remember what I have done for you? You're worrying about lunch when I have provided for 5,000 people and 4,000 people. Open your eyes. Open your ears. And don't let what was said about the people of Israel be true of you, that you forgot God your Savior and what He has done for you.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to remember. In Jesus' name.